0: 3.03 in podcast time. Um, welcome to today's podcast episode. It's Wednesday. That means we have a community guest on. That, that community guest is my friend. Hello, Dorothy.
1: Hello, Eric. How are you?
0: I'm good. What do you think of this song? I love this song. Is that something that Athens Wheeler does?
1: It is not. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's a great song.
0: Okay. I wanted to uh, start today's show a little bit differently with you one because I've been busy, I've been nonstop all morning enjoying the weather and mm. I take my powers from the sun, so it's been a busy day and mm. um haven't done anything else. And you are you're a community guest, but you're also a dear friend of mine and, yeah. and part of Eric Chase and the fam, so you get to be part of the intro
1: wow i am i am honored thank you
0: as you should be look for the bill in the mail (laughs) Um, and i uh, let's start with a fun thing if i if i may not that we not that we need to break the ice but there's a couple of things floating in my head um on twitter today there is a hot dog topic with the three perfect toppings of a hot dog um i i would i would throw the hot dog away and ask for a fourth topping because i don't like hot dogs but what what would you go with
1: yeah, hot dogs are real there. It's that's a um, it's not really food. And mm-hmm. yet I, um, <laughs> I gotta say I do enjoy a good hot dog. So for me, it's mustard and ketchup and onions.
0: Okay, Good standard stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know it, it's kind of a regional thing, right? So if you're from what Chicago, you're only gonna eat it a certain way, like you're never gonna put ketchup on it. But I'm a ketchup and mustard girl.
0: It's fair. Good, good, solid toppings. Yeah. Next food thing. And then we'll dump, we'll dump it to the business. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like some have already opened. I thought uh, it, one was going to be Friday, but it looks like Mr. Freeze is open today. Mm-hmm. You have ice cream flavors that you enjoy.
1: Um. Yes. I enjoy a very rich chocolate ice cream. Okay. It is, it is worth every, every single calorie.
0: Are you like brand loyal to one, one kind when you go to Kroger or wherever?
1: Um, I Not really. I have kind of just recently um, entered into the joys of uh, Ben and Jerry. Okay. And part of that is because of their political stance. Oh, yeah. I just really liked what they said. So I'm like, I'm going to give them my, my, my money. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I enjoy going and getting an ice cream cone.
0: Soft serve or, or the usual stuff.
1: I like them both. My husband is more of a what do they call it a hand packed or whatever. So we're 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 super handles um, mm-hmm. fans. Yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna splurge and get an ice cream, we're going to handles.
0: Good enough. Well, it's. I'm hoping that uh, that winter is behind us and. Um, <laughs> sunshine ice cream and if you want a hot dog I guess
1: (laughs) (laughs) amen to that good brother
0: um Dorothy Mockenstern the executive director of good grief of northwest Ohio Thanks for joining. Thanks for being on again. Um, you've been on a, on the radio show a bunch, a podcast a bunch. But um, thankfully, this number hasn't been in our face too much lately because we have trended in a much better direction with all things COVID. Um, and I haven't seen the big number lately. But everybody knows I think we've crossed half a million deaths, um, half a million American deaths. And that's awful. It's horrific. Um, and many of those deaths have been felt here in our highly populated state, um, mm-hmm. And Good Grief of, of Northwest Ohio, it's not about COVID or, or tragedies. You help out kids and teens who are dealing with the loss of a loved one. So well, it would be well. – uh, it's, a, it's a good opportunity to once while, – while people – sadly have death on their mind it's a great opportunity to let people know what you do and how you're available to our community because I'll I'll say it again Um, I've said it on the podcast I tell you this whenever you're on whenever we talk about you people always say I wish I knew about them sooner so you get plenty of podcast visits
1: well thank you Eric I appreciate that Um, yeah very true I I actually was just sort of um, writing a newsletter article about this that of that 500,000 plus people that have died during the, the pandemic, the, um, what we may not think about is that there are countless people left to grieve those people. So I heard a number yesterday that it, the average person leaves behind not, at least nine people that will be affected deeply by their death. So you do the math. Um, you know, half a million people plus are gone. Uh, And that leaves, you know, count so many others that are left to um, to 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 grieve that death. Uh, So and it's it's not just kids. The only if there's any good that's come out of the pandemic, it's that we our our society has generally been uh, grief adverse. We don't want to talk about death. We don't want to talk about grief. Um, We want to just get get on with it. Um, and I think what we've learned through all of this is that silence is no longer an option. And that's especially true for kids.
0: Great, great perspective. Um, I've, I've said if there's good in this, it's all the people before, and these people weren't in my ecosystem, but the people would go, uh, oh, you're depressed? Just get over it. Or it's all in your head. Right. And a lot, of right. the, a lot of the people who would say that... Have now endured a lot of heartache and isolation, and some of those mental health challenges, and they're not so averse to it either. Same thing with grief. So, mm-hmm. and again, when there are challenges, there are, there are opportunities, and um, you guys can help because I'm I know I don't know what the number is. I was going to look it up, but I figure we'll just let it go. But we have there have been lost family members and friends here in our community, and when it comes to helping teens and kids through that, you guys are here.
1: That's right, we are here. We provide. Support groups for kids, children and teens. Um, We work with kids from four all the way up to sort of young adult, 18, 19, um, and their adult caregivers. And we we do that in a couple of different places. We do that um, here in our Reynolds Road location. Right now that's virtual. Um, And then we're also in a few schools in the area. And we're, you know, looking to grow both of those things to meet the need. Um, There's some statistics pre-pandemic that said one in 11 kids in the state of Ohio would experience the death of a parent or a sibling by the time they reach 19. So um, in just Lucas County, uh, and again these are pre-pandemic numbers, um, that's over 10,000 kids. Uh, And Eric, you and I were talking about this in addition to the people that um, were taken from us because of COVID, uh, you know, suicide deaths were up. Uh, drug abuse or drug related deaths were up during the pandemic time. So it's, um, you know, this, those, these moments where we've had to be physically isolated for our safety have also affected us in, in much darker ways and grief can be very isolating anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we know that, that during these really, um, it's, it's almost impossible to process grief when you're already scared and feeling isolated. Yeah. So it's important, as important as our services and mission within the community, um, it's never been more important than it is right now. So we appreciate the chance to, to get that message out that we're here and there's no cost to our services, and any child who is grieving is, is welcome.
0: What are, and I don't think I've ever asked you this before in all of our conversations, what are, are signs of grief in a kid? Because kids can have some quirky behavior, and especially, and again, going back to this, quirky times. Um, For sure. What, what might grief look like?
1: Well, with the younger kids, um, and, and that's a really excellent point. I'm glad you brought it up especially with younger kids, they tend to pop in and out of it. So it wouldn't be unusual to say to a six-year-old, uh, you know, being told that their parent had died and they're like, hmm, can I have a snack? Right. It, and it, so it, what it can look like to the adults around them is that they're not really grieving or they're not being affected by it. Um, and they are, it's just, you know, as adults we we tend to go to that emotional place and stay there. Um, children pop in and out of it. They, they can't maintain um, an emotional intensity like an adult would. Um, so they'll, they'll one minute be playing and the next minute, you know, just obviously consumed by grief. Or it's, it's top of mind for them and they're asking questions. Kids learn by repetition and play. So uh, they'll need to keep asking the same question over and over and over again before they can wrap their minds around what this means. What you just told me doesn't make sense to my seven-year-old brain. So I need to keep asking questions so that I can understand it. And and that's one of the things that good grief does is that it gives kids a chance um, to be with other kids their own age Who've experienced something similar? It may not be the same person in their life that died. It may be a different cause of death. They may be further away from the from when it happened. Meaning, you know, some some people the death had happened last week. For some, it's been a couple of years. Um, but but the common thread is that somebody important to them is now physically no longer here, and they need to process the what. What life is going to be like now that that person is no longer here? Um, that changes as they get older. Um, your concept of the you know the idea of death. So a little person, uh, four, five, and six might still have that magical thinking of um, they'll come back. You know, er, er, people. It, it, it's that concept of death and permanence is very difficult to grasp. Mm-hmm. Then as you get a little bit older, you kind of you kind of pick up on the fact that, you know, maybe pets die, or I've seen a bug die, or you know the leaves turn and go away, or flowers die. So that that concept that um, of of permanent sort of it's you know this, that that becomes a little bit plainer and a little bit easier to grasp, um, but. But through it all, there's there's always that magical thinking, and that sounds lovely. But what it what it can often sort of present itself as is, if I had only done this, she wouldn't have been in that car accident. Right. Or if I if I hadn't done this, um, you know, I, we wouldn't have fought. You know, my last words to him wouldn't have been awful. Um, so. In, in being able to be with other kids who've experienced something similar, being able to say those things out loud, like how many of us have said, man, I just feel better getting that off my chest. Thanks. And that's, right, exactly. And that's no different for kids. But, but what they're dealing with is this situation and concept um, that is beyond most of what their peers are going to understand. So it's not like they can say... To the guy they eat lunch with normally, yeah, this really heavy thing has happened and here's some of the weird things I've been thinking and feeling and struggling with and then walk away from that encounter and go, man, I'm glad I got that off my chest. Because chances are um, the guy they're telling it to isn't really going to understand.
0: Right. It's like uh, a kid's trying to talk. One kid's talking math and another kid's talking history. Uh, Exactly. It's not fulfilling as if they were talking the same subject right right. right. Um, yeah I, I'm going through and I've never told you this I'm going through the things I thought when I was a little boy when my parents were explaining to me the concept of, of death and my grandfather died before I could remember um, mm-hmm. but when the dog started to die who you know I'm very close with my animals yeah um, you know my mom would explain like my grandma's dog well Candy's with Grandpa Paul now and I'm like where are they? Like, are they in the dirt somewhere? Do they meet up? Like, and again, I'm not making a joke. These are the abstract imaginative thoughts I had when I was five and six years old. And that's where you guys are able to put these kids together. They can share thoughts. It's, it's helpful. And let's move on to what, what happens in some of these sessions to help these kids feel better other than just putting them in the same room together and, um, kind of uh, sympathizing with one another.
1: Right. So, well, the only thing I would say to what you just said, Eric, is that that is why the language we use and how we respond to kids who are grieving is so important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that concept of you're not being able to understand, well, if, if there is this place, this physical place where we all go, um, why don't we all just hang out together? You know, why, why does this person I love have to go to this place where I can no longer see them? So using words like dying or dead rather than passed away or we lost them, um, is important for kids. Um, But yeah, so how we do this, and um, as I mentioned, we're, we're doing it virtually now, but we are mirroring, mirroring as close as possible the in-person experience with the virtual groups. Um, And so, We start out the evening when everybody is gathered and we do sort of like a circle model. Um, So um, everybody gets a chance, we go around the circle and everybody gets a chance to say their name, who died and how they died. And that does a couple of things. It um, sort of reestablishes those connections. It reminds us all why we're here. but we also always observe I pass so if I just you know what I'm here but I don't even feel like saying my name right now that's fine we never push a kid to to share when they don't feel like it if they are there um, and hearing other people's stories and and other people's truths it is there is a beneficial effect to that so so once we finish the um, the circle the our wonderful program director Shana Sadaski, puts together what we call them activities. It could be an experiential task, it could be an art-based activity that is um, adapted for each of the different age groups that is designed to really just start conversation about some aspect of grief. Now, it could go a completely different direction because we are really there just to support the kids in whatever it is they need to Um, express and talk about and and while we're together Um, but generally speaking kids will kind of start doing like for an example um, we and you might have seen this when we did discovering good grief a couple years ago we do grief creatures and we give the kids um, like maybe some Sculpey or some play-doh and we say think about your grief and make a creature that Represents that to you. So for little kids, it might be like a little worm. Um, for older kids, it might actually take the form of a person, and then, um, or you know, a, 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 a like a, a humanoid-like figure. Um, for an example, uh, one of the teens a while ago did this um, thing, and then they're asked to sort of either describe it or. Um, maybe write a couple of words about it, however they feel like they want to express what this thing that they created, what that, what that. So we're, we're embodying this grief. Let's talk about what that looks like. And for that, the older um, young man that made it into a person, he said, well, this, this, it's like a person that's just sort of always in the room with me. Sometimes it's in the corner and I can kind of forget. I can kind of do what I'm doing. Other times it's right in my ear or right in my face and that is like the truth about grief is that, um, you know, we we live with it. We will live with it for the rest of our lives. Sometimes it washes over us in waves. Sometimes it's down the street and not really um, a, a 24-7 thing um, and, and it can change. It can go in between all of those things seemingly for no reason. Our goal is through these, through these activities and through the discussions and just through finding community um, is that they will be able, kids will be able to identify positive coping skills, supportive people, supportive activities, healthy activities so that when the tough times come um, they will have emotional tools that they can rely on that are helpful rather than being sort of um, tempted to use unhealthy coping mechanisms. Um, because we know that kids that experience childhood grief for the rest of their lives, they're at a higher risk of problems with depression and anxiety and uh, you know, just bad choices and um, substance abuse and um, even, the risk of suicide, regardless of the cause of death of their person, um, they're at a higher risk of suicide because of this trauma um, that, that happened while they were kids. So by addressing it, by validating it, by acknowledging it, um, it takes a little bit of that negative, um, it takes some of that negativity away and allows it to be uh, an experience that can be weathered and we help them find ways to honor their person, honor their grief and, um, build some resiliency through the process.
0: Yeah. They're, they're going to need it. Um, cause there's not, there, there's very, there's not a human being on this planet who hasn't lost someone. Now I'm ruling out like psychopaths, like your normal <laughs> right, put together right. human being. There's not a human being on this planet who hasn't lost a loved one at some point in time. And, Grief is different for all of us, and that's totally fine, but right. there's always a time where, like, if I see coupons, <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, I think okay. of my mom. Now, mm-hmm. um, everybody is going to go through something like that where something will arise in their life, a TV show, a sound, the mm-hmm. smell, and it will remind them of that person that they lost. And, you know, that's where you guys can come in and, and polish up those coping skills so that— a smell or a sound along with a bad day leads somebody down a bad path.
1: Right. Exactly. And so, yeah. And and sometimes it'll come out of the blue. Like why on earth am I thinking of my grandmother? I haven't thought of her in, you know, what feels like years or or whoever the person is. And so a smell or the way the light's coming through the trees or a song or a coupon. Um, And then you can sort of, if you've if you've had a chance to adequately address your grief, then you can sort of take that moment, feel the sort of bitter sweet sadness of, um, you know, knowing that somebody you love very very much and who loved you, uh, shared a moment or shared this thing, and you can go on. Um, but but you're right. If if you've not been given any sort of coping skills or you haven't been able to adapt those yourself. Um, you know that that wave of grief can can hit you and and you're just like i need to do something to stop this pain yeah that, like this this can't continue when when what we need to all realize is we can't take this away there is no there is no you know a b c and d boom i'm at the finish line i'm done it just doesn't work that way um so we all we all need to be able to say and be okay with our friends or loved ones or work people or people we go to school with when they're like, you know, I'm just kind of having a rough day, just honor that. You know, it's it's like, you know, I, I don't know what to say, but you know what? I am here. If you want to talk, cool. If you want to just sit here, I'm just going to sit here with you. Um, and and so maybe one of the things that, that this last year has taught us is that when there is We've all been longing to be together and here's ways that we can support one another. Um, And it's not difficult. It's it, but it, but it might take, it's not a typically comfortable thing for most of us, um, but it is so, so important.
0: Yeah. Usually any kind of meaningful, productive life altering in a good way, uh, growth is pretty painful. Uh, Right. You know, think about anybody that's ever, Um, done any kind of rigorous workout because they wanted Mm -hmm. to change their body or they had to get healthier. Right. You know, if you're picking up weights or you're running distances that were easy for you, there wasn't much growth there. And it's the same thing with our emotions and how we cope with things.
1: Very, very true. Very true.
0: This is the best interview, the best podcast you've ever done. You were totally on it today. Uh, (laughs) This was, I do want you to go back and listen to the old ones because you were just on fire today. You must have had a heck
1: of a breakfast. I, you know, it's the coffee. It's, it's always the coughing.
0: Um, well, good. But please uh, go like the Facebook page, Good Grief of Northwest Ohio. Um, what else can we put out there for people to get in touch or be aware of?
1: You know, if they go on our website and sign up for our newsletter, there's a spot to do that down the like on every page. Um, and then they, they'll be aware of, in addition to liking us on Facebook and Instagram and all of that, um, sign up for our newsletter and we will um, – You'll be updated every month on what's going on and maybe we'll, you know, bring you on in. We always need volunteers. If you know of somebody in your life that could use our services, um, we hope you feel good about saying, have you thought about calling Good Grief? Um, So our website is goodgriefnwo.org.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for the time.
1: Thank you, Eric. As always, it's, it's been wonderful.
0: And then I'll get this up, polished up for you. And and what are you going to do with this podcast link?
1: I am going to share it via social media, there the newsletter, go. and our website.
0: <laughs> there we go. Content.
1: That's yes, right. Content is king.
0: Awesome. I will. Uh, I'll. Te- I'll check in with you. Okay.
1: Okay. Sounds great. Right, Thank bye-bye. you. Uh, bye bye.
0: Dorothy Mockensturm, uh, executive director of Good Grief. She has uh, really become a close friend of mine. I, perhaps you can tell that between uh, the dialogue that we had. I. I want to throw a couple of things at you because let's see, traffic is clear, um, and I don't know what we we don't have anything planned for tomorrow. Hopefully, we can round up Ashley and Alex, and then. Um, so I was on with Bethany at TSA with uh, they have an ambassadors program, and I got to speak to them about what I do. Bethany said motivate them. I answered their questions about. What I do, I ask them, "Why don't you listen to radio?" And they they offered me some insightful things. But I invited. There's a kid there that does a podcast, the TSA podcast. So I invited Kennedy. I think to come on. We'll see if we can do that this Friday. Um, a couple of quick things. Um, it sucks. It's not. It's it's not bad news, but it's not good news. But I think it's the best news, all things considered, that opening day has been bumped back not by the hands, but by Major League Baseball. They're going to be using stadiums, again, as alternate training sites. So um, I guess the Tigers will be down at the ballpark for the first month of Major League Baseball season. That's why um, opening day for the Muddons has been bumped back. I don't know specifically when, but I've got to say, you know that I was very reticent to go down. There's going to be 1,500 people in the stadium and 15,000 depending on the day around the ballpark. And I'm like, yeah, that's not gonna be super safe. Like it's gonna be kind of a super spreader, especially if we have typical opening day weather. Everybody's crammed into bars. Um I had said late last year in January, I was like, you know, I'm expecting the, the best thing for minor league baseball to do is to start in mid-May. Um and so I I'm I don't want I don't like that I'm right here because I know a lot of people are going to be disappointed. I know a lot of businesses have been counting the hours and days on the calendar so that they can get that downtown Mud Hens business. And if there's anything for those businesses I can do to help them, tell them that I'm here and ready to help in any way possible. But um, moving things to the middle of May, whether it was the Mud Hens decision or not, is is the best play, I think, because um, it's a better chance for better weather, even if it's like a day like today. Could we add 10 degrees? 65 and sunny, we're all outside Nobody wants to spend their time Cramped in a bar We'll find ways to drink outside We'll Dora it up I know that May can still suck In fact, after Memorial Day Can still suck with our weather here But there's a better chance for better weather Later on in the season on the calendar Also, it gives us another month To get more people vaccinated So if you look at it from that perspective It's it's not a bad idea To have opening day in the middle of May a couple other things. Um, after I was done work last night, as you might expect, I, I used my shower, um, took off all my clothes, turned the turned the water on, put my hand under it. It's getting warm, and I, and I was ready to go. So I, I was excited. I wanted to just let it all go. Let three weeks of not having a thorough shower in my home was very discomforting. I just wanted to feel every droplet of water coming out of that. Is it like a $200 faucet thing that I bought? It, it's, it's, I overspent on a couple of things. The faucet, and the door, and I'm very pleased. It came out better, considering what we all had to work with, it came out as good as I could have hoped, and I love it. So I hopped in the shower as the water's heating up, and I'm like, you know, in 10 seconds, it'll be the perfect temperature. Insert Morgan Freeman narrator. And that perfect temperature never came. The water never got any hotter um it wasn't hot it wasn't even lukewarm it, i like hot showers it was cold and i was standing in there freezing my ass off and i called the contractor guys up i was like hey guys we, i have an issue um and i wasn't about to mess with my hot water heater but they were kind enough to come over within a half an hour and and fix the valves and whatever and i had a hot soothing shower it was kind of weird um, so I have a clear door now, before I just had a curtain. I, I don't close my bathroom doors in my home because I live alone. Um. In the past, I don't know what the dogs would do. I couldn't see them from the shower. So yesterday, I'm in the shower, and I look over, and there's Andre, the little dog, looking at me. And... It was kind of discomforting. It was a little, it was a little uncomfortable, a little weird, a little awkward. He's looking at me. He's wondering why I, why he can see me. I'm looking over at him, going, oh, he is really eyeing me up. This is, this is uncomfortable. it, it it's one of those kind of things where maybe you're out somewhere in a public setting, you see somebody who you know but you don't want to run into, and they see the same thing. Like and both of you are like, oh, I don't want to see that person. I can't let them see me. Hopefully, they didn't see me. That's what Andre and I were doing. It was very uncomfortable. I don't know who was more more uncomfortable for him or me, but we were both <coughs> we were both a little jarred. Um, last thing with dog stuff. I will freely admit. Um, there was a lot of poop this winter during the cold dreary days and the snowy days, I didn't pick up. It was right in front of my house. And my intention was, as soon as we thaw out and melt, which it has, I'm getting it all. Even if it wasn't my dogs. And I know what their poop looks like. And I picked up some people's poop that wasn't my dogs. But I got all that poop up. Now that we've been trotting around the neighborhood on some walks, I have seen plenty of people who have not come out and done what I did and picked up after their dogs. Now, maybe these people were playing as my mentor, Jay Towers, said, poop roulette, where you take the dogs out and you don't take take anything to pick up their, their waste with, their poop with. I've done that before, but I if I have done that um, and they have pooped, uh, and if it's not right in front of my house, ha- I am walking down the block and grabbing that stuff, or I will find something to put it in somebody's... Trash can, or I will do something with it. I I don't want to lose the game of poop roulette by them doing it and me not having something with it, or me not getting it. But um, everybody, we are thawed out. Um, please go out and get the dog poop that your dogs have dropped in the cold, dreary winter months, because it's the responsible thing to do as a good dog owner.